we are, it's Thanksgiving weekend, perfect time to take a little bit of time to talk about praise, to talk about praise. And in particular, here's the question that I'd love for us to consider. Um, What is God's favorite kind of praise? Let me ask it this way. What kind of praise does God prefer? What kind of praise does God prefer? Because I'm going to make a generous assumption about all of you sitting in this room and all of you watching online. And here's the assumption. That if you only knew the kind of praise that God prefers, you would give it to him. Which raises the question, well, what kind of praise does God prefer? Because if we knew that, we would give him the kind of praise that he prefers. Now, I've looked into this. Turns out there is a long list. God's um, repeat praise list is pretty long. Um, And we're not going to be able to exhaust that list in our time this morning. But... Um, David, the king of Israel, shepherd boy, uh, slayer of Goliath, slash the author of the Psalms, he gives us what I would consider a starter kit. Um, a starter kit. He, he gives us a few things that if we started at least there, we would know we are moving in the right direction and giving God the kind of praise that he prefers. So we may not know everything, but David says, here's a starter kit. At least start here. And the here is Psalm 95. If you have a copy of the Bible, meet me in Psalm 95. If you don't have a copy of the Bible, we would love to give you a physical copy of the Bible, our gift to you, the Word of God. So again, connection corner, and we'll be glad to hand one to you. But for now, the verses will appear on the screen behind me. We're going to work our way through this, making observations about what some of God's preferences are when it comes to our praise. And so we'll pause Um, As we go along. Psalm 95. Here's what it says. Come. Let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him. With thanksgiving. And extol him. With music. And. Song. David would say, if when you show up to praise God, you show up like this, you are going to be giving him the kind of praise that he prefers. What did you notice on this list of God's praise preferences? Uh, The first thing that shows up on this list, I think is so subtle, it can almost sneak right by us. But come on, this is mission point. Y'all are astute. And so you caught it. Um, the first thing, the kind of praise God prefers is that together kind of praise. It's the together kind of praise. Um, you cannot read the Bible for very long, um, before getting the sense that God prefers the kind of praise that rises up from his gathered people. 
Much more than he prefers the kind of praise that rises up from his scattered people. And uh, from antiquity, uh, there was always this understanding that God's desire and design was for his people to have a designated time and a designated place where they gathered together to offer him praise. He insisted on it, whether it was a tent whether it was a tabernacle or whether it was a temple. God would always invite his people out and into a gathering place where they offered him praise together. And here it is again. David says, come, let us. Because God prefers the let us praise much, much more than he prefers the let me praise. God prefers the together kind of praise. And uh, I would say this, and I trust we will always say this, and you will hear us say this. Please never take my word for it. I would invite you to study in, um, the, the scriptures And see if you don't find that theme repeating. And my suspicion is if you study the scriptures around this issue, you will never be able to say it doesn't matter whether I stay at home or whether I show up to a biblically sanctioned gathering. Praise is praise. Oh no. No, God prefers the praise that you offer in a church setting to the praise that you offer at your house. Study the scriptures and you're going to run into 1 Peter chapter 2 in which you get this distinct sense that, hey, listen, nothing against your your beautiful, um, I'm a living stone kind of praise. Nothing against the praise that emerges from a living stone. But what God is after, what God is doing is bringing all of these living stones, these spiritual stones together so that he can make one spiritual house in which he loves to dwell and from which his praise emerges. Again, you are beautifully and wonderfully made. You are the cutest stone ever. But what God is ultimately wanting is to bring the stones together to make a spiritual House, Come on, you get to Psalm 122 and you hear it declared. I was glad, very glad when they said to me, come out of your house and let's go to the house of the Lord today. And there was the understanding that the unique presence of God dwelled uniquely in the place where his people gathered to praise him. Why why can I just do this at home? You can, but just know. That his presence uniquely shows up where his people are gathered. You get to Acts chapter 3 and there's this story of Peter and John, two of Jesus' uh, disciples. And they're going to the temple as was their custom for prayer and praise. And it's like, why don't you guys just pray and praise at home? Because Jesus modeled something for us. Um, this, by the way, should be no surprise to anybody. 
It should be no surprise that this is God's preference here on earth. Because as you study the work of God, you are going to see that God is moving all of history towards an eternity in which people from every tribe and language and background come together and raise one sound to the person of Jesus. God's whole redemptive story is moving individuals into this collective Together praise. Because what God prefers is that together kind of praise. In which his people gather and raise one sound. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. If your preference is to stay home and to praise him privately, he enjoys that. Because he loves you. But make no mistake about it, he doesn't prefer it. God prefers a corporate praise to a personal praise every time. And if you study the scriptures, you will see over and over again. I love in the book of Ephesians, it says that God loves to put his manifold wisdom on display to the heavenly beings that are peering in on his activity. Well, how does he do that? Well, by bringing his people together, people who should have nothing in common are coming together in this united sense and are raising one sound. It's where he's moving all of history. I'm just telling you, showing up to a place like a church service to join others in giving God praise is not ultimately about your preference. It's actually ultimately about God's preference. Um, And for the record, um, if you never show up at Mission Point Community Church uh, ever again, um, and would love to have you here, but my plea to you is go somewhere consistently. It is not just about you. It is about what God prefers. Even if it's not here, I hope it's going to be somewhere on a consistent basis basis the together kind of praise is God's favorite and you guys okay Kondo we're in we're in church so we're here um and if you're at home watching online for whatever reason we love you but we would invite you as much as you can come and gather with God's people you are doing something that he prefers but now what All right, I'll tell you what, since you asked, all insistent and whatnot, but you need to know it might get uncomfortable. Thankfully, it's not about our comfort, is it? It's about God's preference, which was why we asked the question, what kind of praise does he prefer? Because if I ask the kind of praise you prefer, anyway, verse number one, come, let us Sing for joy. When God's people um, gather together to give him that together kind of praise, he loves it when they not only sing, but sing out joyfully. The idea here is to sing with volume and with Joy. You just need to know the kind of praise God prefers is the kind that sings to him loudly and 
for joy. Man. Ah, this may be challenging to hear. This means um, to be silent or sour when you sing in church is to withhold from God something that he prefers. I'm just curious to know, does loud and joyful singing describe the way you show up in a praise gathering? If not, I just want you to know you are not giving God something that he prefers. Here's why this gets super tricky. If we can be honest, maybe even a little bit offensive. What if I'm uh, more of a quiet person, though, talking about singing joyfully and loud? What if I'm more of a quiet person? Am I supposed to force loudness? That feels a little bit disingenuous to me. What if I show up to church and I'm not feeling happy? I'm supposed to sing joyfully. That feels a little bit fake to me. That feels a little bit insincere to me. You're telling me if I'm a quieter person or I'm not feeling particularly joyful that I should just like, like, just do it anyway? And the simple biblical answer to that is yes. Do it anyway. Um... This concept gets so tricky um, because I think in our culture, we've so greatly elevated personality and feelings. If you don't account for or accommodate or appeal to my feelings, you're going to lose me. You're going to lose me as a customer. You're going to lose me as a client. So you've got... You've got to make sure that I'm feeling it. Otherwise, I'm out if I don't feel good about it. It's so interesting that in the Bible, there are over 400 references to singing. And about 50 of those are commands to sing or sing loudly. And this is one of them, which means through David, God is not asking how we feel about giving him what he desires or deserves. He's commanding something that he prefers. This is a command. 
Now, I should probably let you know this as we continue to, to, to fill out this thought. Um, that what is joyful in this verse is the sound, not the feeling. It's the sound. This is really interesting. This idea is speaking more about a tone or a posture. Essentially, David is saying when you show up to church, God's favorite kind of praise is when you sing out loud with effort and enthusiasm. What if I don't feel like it? Do it anyway. Come on, I'm telling you right now. Um, ask Coach Curtis, ask Coach Hosted, if you show up on their field or on their floor, and you're like, but I don't just really feel like, like playing tough defense, so like putting in effort. You'll be on the bench. Right? It's not ultimately about feeling, it's about enthusiasm and effort. Right? And this is going to make so much sense to us as we continue to understand more and more of what God through David invites us to. When you show up into the presence of God, what he prefers is when you sing out loud with enthusiasm and effort. Not because of how you feel, but because of what he deserves. Um, the question is, if you don't feel like it, if it's not natural to you, if it's not your personality, should you do it still? And the answer is absolutely yes. Sing loudly with effort and enthusiasm. What if I don't feel like it? And might I suggest that you do it all the time. Matter of fact, the most important things in your life are things that you do regardless of how you feel. The most important things in your life are things that you do regardless of your personality. Um, but what if I don't feel love feelings in my heart for my kids? Feed them still. But what if I feel like lashing out in my anger? It would feel disingenuous to keep it in. No! Keep that inside. But I want to be just genuine and authentic. No, I would not do that. But what if I don't, I woke up and I didn't feel like going to school though. I want to show up as my authentic self. And I just don't think like I would show up authentically for my, go to school. You go to school anyway. But what if I have more of the like, um. Um, I, I, how should I say, like more of the energetic driver personality? 
I feel insincere anytime I'm driving under 80 miles an hour. Well, it's a school zone. Lead foot. So slow down, but I don't feel like it. Do it anyway. I'm just telling you the most important things we do, we do regardless of how we feel. And how many of you know there is nothing more important than giving God what he deserves, let alone what he commands. So I'm sorry if I don't sit up here and appeal to everybody's feelings about something God says. It's ultimately about what he prefers, not what I prefer. Sing loudly for joy because that's what God wants. With effort and enthusiasm because that's what Coach Jesus asks for. If you're going to be on my team, this is how we play. And I actually honestly think the praise is sweeter to God when I don't feel like it. But I sing joyfully with effort and enthusiasm anyway. Because it becomes my way of telling him, God, you've got to know that I'm more committed to what you prefer than I am to what I feel. How sweet would that be? If you're not the kind of person who likes to sing or sing out loud, do it anyway. If you're not the kind of personality who is like effort and enthusiasm, when I sing, learn. How much more beautiful would that be to God, knowing this is not what's natural to you? If you're the kind of person, you know, who likes to look cool and smooth and effortless like you're not even trying when you're in worship. I'm not going to be manipulated by that guitar and them lights, you know, whatever it is. What does it look like for you to give God effort and enthusiasm because he prefers it. I'm just asking you, is your praise when you show up to church, that loud, enthusiastic, I give effort. That's one of the things I think we admire even about the military. But I don't feel like saluting him. Yeah! Those stars though, I didn't wake up in a saluting kind of mood. Well, salute him anyway. All right. Oh, no. With effort and enthusiasm. Based on his rank. Not based on your feelings. This is what David is inviting us to. And then David takes it a step further. Further. Oh, come, let us together sing with effort and enthusiasm to the Lord. Let us, he says, how dare he, shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Oh, no, you didn't. Babe, I told you this was one of those churches. 
I'm curious, have you ever seen these repeating commands in the Bible to shout out loud to the Lord? And I'm just asking, what have you done with them? What do you do with them? Like, if you're like me, I'm like, mm, yeah, I'm just going to read past that cultural, you know, context. Like, you know, I just ignore them. But they're there. And one is staring us in the face right here. Shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. And again, it is not a suggestion. It is a command. God doesn't just prefer the kind of praise that is loud and joyful and enthusiastic in our singing. He loves it when we shout aloud to him in worship. The difference between shouting and singing really is just the script. Uh, when we sing, we're putting melody to words that everyone has or everyone knows, right? It's something we can all do together as one. When we shout, it's not necessarily scripted. It's simply a call to make a loud sound with your mouth in the direction of God. Shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Yeah, that's weird. What do I say? So shout and say what? Uh, it doesn't really matter what you say. Songs are coordinated words. Shouts here are just celebratory sounds. God's favorite kind of praise includes his people shouting at the top of their lungs to him. And it doesn't even have to be a word. Oh man. That's so weird. Because... And let me just ask the important questions. What if people stare at me, though? And um, what if I draw all this attention to myself? Yeah, that's weird. That seems a little much. Shouting. Enjoy. And I just want to ask, does it? Does it though? Because just yesterday, there were at least two massive worship gatherings in our world. One of them was uh, the football game between Ohio State and the Michigan Wolverines. Sorry, too soon, I know. I just heard there was another one between Notre Dame and USC. I missed that particular worship service. But there was also a real football game between Argentina and Mexico. You might have heard. <laughs> now, if you're with someone who was watching either of those games, even if you weren't with anybody, how do you suspect that they behaved when their team scored? I'm just asking. It was pandemonium. If you had a relative or a friend or if you watched the people in the stands, it was 
absolutely pandemonium. And you know the fascinating thing to me, at no point did it strike me that anyone was asking, but what if I draw this attention to myself? At no point did I see anyone who seemed to be, but what if people stare at me? But what do I say? That's a little much. I'm just saying. My daughter told me a story. Uh, She is uh, 17 and uh, (laughs) was in class at this very high school. And uh, one of the kids was watching one of the World Cup games on his phone during class. And in the middle of class, his team scored. And the kid just yelled, Golazo! Oops, sorry. I mean, Golazo. Right? (laughs) I thought that was awesome. He just shouted. Um, And the only reason it was weird was because no one else in the class was watching that particular game. Had they been, there would have been what he said. I thought that was hilarious. And this afternoon, grown men and women will dress like fools, paint their faces, and they will yell at men in tights and shoulder pads. (laughs) And none of them are asking, like, what do I say? What do I say, though? What do I yell? But what if it's weird? And what if people stare at me, though? And what if I draw attention to myself? No one seems to be asking those questions at the worship service of sports in this country. And then we get to church, and all of a sudden, I don't know what to say. What if people look? I I don't know. It's weird. It's awkward. Ole, 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 ole. I believe that we will win. I believe that we will win. Go! Come on, let's go. And no one thinks anything of it in the sports arena. I'm just telling you, church, we know how to do it. And then we become all self-conscious and act like. What do you mean shout out loud? I'm just saying. What if people stare? Go bears! The bears. That's, that's weird to me. What if people draw all of the attention to me? I'm like, no one paid to watch you cheer. For the Israelites, it was really interesting. Um, they would have understood this command in the context of war. When your army came home and announced that they were victorious. Introverts and extroverts. People who had good days and people who had bad days would all just raise a shout. A victorious shout. We are free. The war has been won. Well, what do I say? It doesn't even matter. When your team wins, 
you shout and you pump a fist and you raise your voice. Um, you notice what David says in this passage. Shout aloud to whom? I love it. He says, to the rock of our salvation. To who? To the champion from heaven who came down to earth and went to war on our behalf against sin and death. And man, sin and death had him. In fact, they had him dead in the grave. But that third period come back unlike you've ever seen. He rose from the dead and he declared victory over sin and death and announced to us, you are forgiven and you are free to go. And we said, what if people stare at me? That makes no sense. Can we just be honest? That makes no sense that we would shout for Messi when he scores and wore hands in pocket when Jesus is dunking on the devil every single day. For your freedom and your forgiveness, the rock who saved us. Man. What do you say? What do you say? When we are in the presence of the victorious king of kings. I've had many people tell me, man, I almost stood up and shouted in church the other day. And my response is always the same. And why didn't you? Well, I didn't want to be the Golazo kid. If no one else was watching the same resurrected Savior. Oh no, we all came for the same person. The same gospel, the same victor, the same king of kings. So I'm just telling you. I don't know if you expect me to thank you when you say, but you, I held out. I was going to shout, but then I didn't. Aren't you proud? No. I didn't want it to interrupt any. Interrupt! We're not here for me. We're here for him. Interrupt! If you feel stirred to shout, shout it out, man. Um... David would say when it comes to corporate worship, it's the sound, not the thought that counts. No, no, no. I was shouting for victory deep, deep in my heart. Deep. I was in my, I was cheering. Your kids would not appreciate you showing up at their sporting events like that. I would have cheered for you and I would have smiled when you looked over at me, but I was not having a good week. And I didn't know what to say. So that's why I sat in the stands like this. Come on. We need to go to the sporting event, get some lessons, and then come back to church and put them into practice. 
come on, man. I dare you to just commit to like, I'm going to start a shouting habit. I'm going to shout at least once a week in church and go from there. And uh, I didn't like it. It felt weird. Um, But uh, I did it anyway. Man, my family has just stopped staring at me when I do it mid-song. But I can tell you, it feels awkward. It feels weird. And it shouldn't. Uh, And this may be a shock to many of you. I'm an introvert. So like making a lot of noise is just not the thing. It's not the move. It's not the preference. Let me rephrase. It's not my preference. But I want to learn, God, help me to give you what you desire. Help me to give you what you deserve. And by the way, if you pay attention, are we typically going to have songs that we sing together that give you every opportunity to express some of these things? They're going to be songs that talk about shouting. Great time. Take that as your cue, as a perfect excuse to start to practice giving God what he Right? Just take some of the songs as your coach. Who's calling the play. Shout now. This is a good time. So I lift my hands up, lay my whole life down. That's maybe a good time to... mm -mm. Can I lift my thumbs? Start somewhere. Start somewhere. Just keep in mind, at the end of the day, it is not about my personality. It's not about my preference. It's about what God prefers, what God desires. Gives us a couple of other elements. These will be quick. Uh, says, let us, verse 2, come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. David says God's favorite kind of praise is the kind that expresses thanks to him out loud in the gathering. And this word thanksgiving, it's not thanks feelings, it's not thanks thinking, it's not thanks planning, it's not thanks intending to, it's not thanks meaning to, it's thanksgiving. Until you've given it to God out loud, you've not done what he prefers. It's interesting, this word does not mean to be thankful. God knows what you're most thankful for. This is not to be full of thanks. This is to be emptied of it. If you have thanks for God, get it out. Tell it to him. He wants to hear it. He knows it, but he wants you to say it to him. And then sometimes maybe you're not feeling particularly thankful. Again, there will be songs that will remind you of something to be thankful for. Thank him out loud. What if I don't feel like it? Do it anyway. I tell my kids, tell your mother, thank you. Just because you don't realize what she had to do to get that delightful deliciousness on your plate. Doesn't mean she doesn't deserve to be thanked. Just because you don't fully grasp. The beauty and the significance of the war Jesus fought and won on your behalf doesn't mean he doesn't deserve to hear thank you. Say it to him. Amen. Tell him. And we will have opportunities to to shout out our gratitude to him. What do I say? Say thank you. 
And if it's something more specific, tell him what that something is. I'm just telling you, whenever you tell God, thank you, or praise you in song or in testimony, you give him what he wants. And he uses this phrase, extolling with music and song. Interestingly, it's just the same word as shout aloud to him. He says it twice in this section of scripture because God loves when his people gathered express their praise and their thanks out loud. I'm just telling you, if my kids like it when I do that at a game, uh, if I would have pre- imagine what the God of the universe would desire. All right, team, you guys can come out. We're going to sing uh, a little more. Uh, he says in verse 1 again, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God. The great king above all gods. And in his hand are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his for he made it and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our maker. Isn't that interesting? He loves when we shout and he loves when we kneel. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. This is so gracious when you get to verse number three. Because God doesn't owe us an explanation if he gives us a command. And yet in verse three, he tells us why. Why should you do this? And David said, because God is great. God is the great king above all gods. What a powerful statement to make. God is greater than all, which means what? I may say I'm not expressive. I'm not loud. And David would say, well, there should be nothing on this earth that gets more of your expressiveness or gets more of your celebratory shouts than God. Because whatever that thing is, Leo Messi or the Wolverines or whoever it is, God is greater than that thing. So God should get the greatest of your expression. So for me to say I am not and then go home this afternoon and yell at a TV for a team, It's to essentially say there is something greater that deserves my greater praise than God himself. And David would say God is greater than all. And he says he's the creator. He made it all. Imagine how weird it must be for him to listen to us get hyped and super expressive for things. And God is like, I made that. And then we show up in the house of the creator and God is like, what? uh, I made all the stuff that you get super hyped about and you're going to put your hands in your pocket or fold your arms and be somber for me? I'm the creator. And it says in here, he's the sustainer. God is like, if I even move the sun a little bit, you would have no more football. If I didn't sustain the breath in your lungs, you wouldn't wake up in the morning. I deserve it because I am great, I'm the creator, and I'm the one who's sustaining you. I'm literally putting breath in your lungs, and you're using it to shout about all the stuff I've created, and then you show up in my presence and talk about like, I don't know what to say. That's weird. If anything is weird, that's weird. I should title this message, The Church is Weird. 
man, I would invite you to consider what this means for you. Um, what does this mean for you to, to take a step towards giving God the kind of praise that he deserves? What does this mean for you? For some of you, it's like, I'm going to start singing like out loud. And it feels really weird, but that's where I'm going to start. Not because I feel like it, not because I even love every single song, but because God, you deserve to hear my voice. And it's what you prefer. For some of you, you're like, I've been on that singing, but I'm, I, I'm, ready, maybe I'm ready to give a shout. And your kids are, what was that? It was a shout, okay? I'm learning. And for you, maybe that's what it is. For some of you, maybe you've sang, but you just sing like you couldn't care less to be here and salute the 10 million star general. And it may just be, I'm going to give a little effort and enthusiasm. And y'all can stare if you want, but it's not about your preference. It's about his. So that's the step I'm going to take. I don't know what it means for you, but I'd encourage you to do a couple of things. One, when you step into this room, just pray. Ask God, would you please help me? Pray and prepare. God, would you please help me to give you the kind of praise that you deserve? I've had a hard week. I don't feel like it right now but I want to give you what you deserve. So please help me. Would you please shut out? Give me holy blinders so I don't care about who's standing around me. Please help me. And I think he will. And in fact, I dare you to just take a step and do something that you'll maybe like, I didn't feel like it, and see if you don't find yourself transforming into the thing that we are obeying God and doing and finding myself like all of a sudden I'm like a I'm painting my face for church and all of a sudden I'm like doing what in the presence of God but let's start wherever you need to start take the next step so uh, we're going to sing this is not a test <laughs> uh, this is not a pop quiz it's an opportunity an invitation for us to give God the praise that he deserves. So you can sit, you can kneel, you can stand, you can dance. I would encourage you, if you see something on the screen, take its cues as we sing together. All right, Kyle, let's sing.